0: This is Issues 2022. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita Public Schools Safety and Environmental Services Director Terry Moses. Welcome to Issues 2022.
1: Hi, Steve. Good morning, and I'm
0: happy to be here. Every time I talk to you, your title gets a little
1: longer. Uh, Sometimes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like additional responsibilities. It works.
0: (laughs) I see environmental services in your job title. Have they increased your responsibilities at USD two five nine?
1: A little bit, a little bit, and uh, one of the biggest responsibilities I had that is not on that list is during COVID. Um, I was our COVID coordinator, and that was that was uh, oh, exhausting, a, a nightmare, <laughs> a yeah. nightmare, exhausting.
0: So, what is this? The usual scope of your job is what? What do you what do you have, have under your umbrella there?
1: I kind of tell people I work really hard with all of our staff just to make sure everybody's safe. And that's environmental fits under that as well. Uh, We want to make sure that our buildings are safe environmentally. Um, For example, just building checks following the codes in regards to fire code um, overlaps a lot with safety, especially nowadays in regards to building safety. Uh, After every school shooting, I get calls from people saying, I want to add this lock, that lock, whatever. And a vast majority of those products don't meet fire code. And so there is an overlap between the two.
0: So uh, uh, how many uh, students, faculty, and administrators are in USD 259 facilities on a given school day? I bet you know uh, an approximate number. Well, we have uh, over 47,000 students
1: enrolled, and we have about 9,000 staff and so you put that together, uh, you know, we're, we're just under 60,000 people, which would make us, I think about the 10th largest city in the state of Kansas, just about, in the school system. What
0: about the size of Hutchinson, maybe? Pretty close. I think oh, you're very wow. close. And yes. Okay. <laughs> now, well, you mentioned COVID and, and I, I really didn't have a question about that today, but it brings one up and that is um, your overall impression of, of dealing with COVID and that responsibility. Oh my gosh. How about you didn't sleep much at night? How, how, what, what are your general feelings about our experience with the pandemic?
1: I think overall, um, the United States did an adequate job dealing with it. I, I think that uh, like every single um, crisis that we deal with, communication was the failure. Uh, and that is at all levels. A communication at the start, uh, you know, did we give enough information to people about the literally how tragic and how extreme it was going to be, and then uh, communication about what are the proper protocols or what are the best ways to stop it, and then communication in regards to vaccinations. I think if there's one way we can prove on any crisis response, it is improving communication.
0: Oh, and that's a good one, because uh, in this day and age, and uh, when you're talking about communication, you just can't... uh, Get on the PA system at school. No, <laughs> or to inform the public. How do you do it? Did you go to one TV station, one radio station? Do you how do you do it with social? It's a challenge.
1: It's very difficult, and I think you brought up the term that both causes fear and it's great, and that's social. It is such a wonderful tool to get information out quickly, but unfortunately, quick doesn't mean correct. And that's what we struggle with in crisis communication on a regular basis is we want to get p- uh, information out to people as quickly as possible. But at the same time, you want to make sure that information is correct.
0: i love noticed one the thing. When you do have some sort of an incident in the schools, you, you all have been pretty good at USD 259, at least recently, mm-hmm. in getting something out so that we can get it to the parents and others involved. So.
1: We have a great strategic communications, and if you didn't notice, Wendy Johnson just received an award from the Business Journal. She's with yeah. our uh, strategic, communica- strategic communications group, and we work really hard to put together information, have a uh, process, um, have a communication tool. It's called ParentLink um, that allows us to get information stuff as simple as, hey, there's going to be a snow day, There you go. Uh, to that immediate crisis communication that needs to go out. Uh, but I still say we will always get feedback from people, and snow days is a prime example. I wanted information earlier, but I didn't want to be woken up. You'll never make everybody happy <laughs> in regards to communication. Well, you
0: mentioned Wendy Johnson. She's been down, down there a long time. Yes, she has. And thank you for mentioning that, because I'm going to try to get her on one of these issues. Show, I bet she had something to say. She will. <laughs> she will. <laughs> All right. Listen. Uh, let's backtrack just a little bit. How many employees in in your division, Terry? How many people are you responsible for? Around eight. Around eighty. Eighty. Mm-hmm. And uh, are there police department resource officers in the schools?
1: Yes, we have uh, a total of eight. We have seven Wichita police officers who work with us daily in our comprehensive high schools, and we have one Bel Air officer because Northeast Magnet is actually located in the city of Bel Air. Um, I'm uh, I'm biased, as of course, but I think all eight of our officers just do a tremendous job. I was at East just yesterday, and the relationship there is fantastic, and we just they are a tremendous value to us uh, in terms of that safety. Uh, and they're just a great role model for kids. Um, I, I think overall the school resource officer program is an excellent one.
0: Well, and you mentioned something, we didn't have those when I, when I was going to school. We had a, we had a janitor, but yeah. that was about as close as we got. Or the vice principal, who was yeah. tough. Yeah. But having an officer on the scene frequently or every day, that has to be stabilizing.
1: It but, is. And there's really a three pronged uh, approach to school resource officers. The one is they are a law enforcement official, yes but they're also a med- mentor and an educator. Yeah. And those other two prongs are ones that don't get a lot of, and I'm glad you're asking now, because they are really that core of what we need is that, that contact. Um, the incidents that we have, we have see something, say something. Many times it's uh, students or staff going to the SRO and reporting them because of that relationship that that school resource officer has built with the staff and the students.
0: The fall semester started with several reports of students bringing guns to school here in Wichita, and, uh, more than I can remember. Now, who alerted the school officials in these cases?
1: Um, we had five different incidents, and in five different incidents, is all but one of them was a, what I would say is the see something, say something. Somebody gave a uh, teacher, in one case a parent, or an SRO, information that allowed us to very quickly uh, contact the individual, the student who was in possession, and take care of the situation uh, in a very short and safe manner.
0: You're telling me that see something, say something worked. Absolutely. It works as designed.
1: It, it yeah. does, but it is something that we have to constantly remind people about yeah. because sometimes it's easy to forget. Uh, when we look at what's happened on the national stage in regards to shootings, when they go back and they look at them, in almost every case there's been some kind of statement or sign or clue that somebody has been thinking about this. And that's why it's so important that speak, people speak up.
0: And you know, of course, going back again, this is ancient history, but that would be snitching on somebody. And we I don't think they look at it that way. No, we,
1: and we really try to uh, influence with our students that it's not, that it's actually safety. And yeah. the earlier that we can intervene with a kid that is maybe having some anxiety, mental health issues we can intervene long before they get to the point where they're thinking about something so extreme. It's a lot like any physical health issue, uh, mental health issues. The quicker that they can be diagnosed and dealt with, the more successful you're going to be in the long run.
0: You know, when when these youngsters, whatever age, pull something, and, and I, I, you know, I sometimes say, well, that's pretty dumb, and then I start thinking about when I was their age, and I'd say, mm, maybe maybe yeah. it's not that dumb. and, and you <laughs> it's, bring, just, it's just being kids, you yeah.
1: know. And you bring that up. That is one of the parts of the required training for school resource officers is the fact that the adolescent brain is not fully developed. And things like impulse control in you and I are completely developed, but at the age of 14, 15, and 16, it is not. And so we really want school resource officers and even our security officers to be aware of the fact that that their brains at a teen level, as you remember, operate differently. Mm -hmm. And so we need to talk with them and help them build
0: those tools like impulse control. And now if you could just work with some of our drivers on the streets. We'd be (laughs) in good shape, (laughs) yes. Tell me about metal detectors because you're making some changes, I think. Yes, we
1: are. Uh, We have looked for quite some time. The issue of weapons in schools is not a new one. Uh, It's been around for years. Uh, And as we were talking before we went on air here, technology continues to advance at a very rapid rate. And so we have been looking for quite some time for advanced technology in the area of weapons detection. And we just recently found a a program uh, that's called OpenGate. That's the name of the system uh, that we have uh, put in the request and we've made the purchase. Uh, They just haven't arrived yet. Supply chain. Uh, And uh, we will add... Weapon detection systems at all of our high schools. All the high
0: schools, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also had reports of large, several large fights in the schools. Mm-hmm. What's behind that? Copycat going on a little bit, or from one school to the next? What do you think?
1: I, I think a couple of them were uh, exactly what we talked about: impulse control and making bad decisions. Uh, schools are full of kids, and occasionally they don't get along. And we, one of the things we focus on is teaching kids how to problem solve. Uh, Again, you and I can have a very animated political debate, uh, but we have grown to understand that I respect your differences and I respect you have different ideas or whoever it is. Uh, Kids are still learning that. And so they they need to learn how to appropriately deal with those differences and not resort to any sort of pushing or shoving that leads to Large fights.
0: And you used pepper spray, right? Uh, In
1: two incidents at Southeast, we had a large group of kids that, uh, again, Mm decision-making, surrounded the fights and made it impossible for anybody to get to the point where they could get to the kids that were actually involved in the fight. And so pepper spray was used to disperse the crowd.
0: Well, that would come in handy at Thanksgiving when we get into political discussions <laughs> with my in-laws. Uh,
1: you know, uh, again, that problem solving and that that how do we work through issues, yeah. yes.
0: You're listening to Issues 2022 on the Odyssey radio stations. Our guest is Wichita Public Schools Safety and Environmental Services Director Terry Moses. Terry, what, what steps have you taken to ensure that unwelcome guests or outsiders get into our Wichita P- Public Schools?
1: Uh, we've really um, focused on what we call crime prevention through environmental design, and that is making sure we have a single point of entry in each one of our buildings and that there is a staff member At Every door that is open. So in the morning yesterday, I was at East High in the morning when students showed up and we have a staff member that greets students when they come into the multiple doors that are open when school starts. As soon as all those students show up and the bell rings, then we go down to a single point of entry. And at that single point of entry uh, in we have a variety because we have 94 buildings. Uh, in some cases, you have to uh, use a camera system to be buzzed in. In some cases, you are met by a person. But in every single case, you are screened by a staff member before you're allowed into our buildings.
0: Uh, are there indoor locks on classrooms? We on are uh,
1: not quite half of our buildings yet have indoor locks. All of our elementary schools do. That's where we started with uh, when we went to that project it was it with elementary And then some of our newer buildings, when they were built, they included indoor locks because that was, again, the change in the times. You know, our older buildings, when you went to school, when I went to school, that wasn't an issue. And schools were not built with doors that had classroom locks. That's right. We are now retrofitting those. Uh, And so it's a process. Uh, Like I said, all of our elementaries do, and then we're moving through our middle and our high
0: highs. It seems to me it's logical if you had a shooter. Outside the classroom, and you could get the alert out that quick, you could lock down everybody.
1: Absolutely, and that's why we created um, several years ago a run-hide-fight video, and basically it tells people that you can use other tools other than a lock. Um, You can certainly lock your door from the outside, and we even allow teachers to teach with their door door locked if they choose to do so. But at the same time, they can use... any tool that they have in their classroom, desks, chairs, whatever, to barricade a door. And the fire marshal approves that as an approved thing to do in either a drill situation or a real live intruder
0: situation. Oh, and we used to have fire drills. Do you have active shooter drills or something like that?
1: Right now, now the state of Kansas mandates that we do nine drills a year. Uh, Four of those are fire drills. Uh, Two of those are tornado drills, because we do live in Kansas, and three of those are crisis drills. And the state of Kansas allows the schools to determine how they're going to do those crisis drills. Uh, And so it is is a choice on those last three. But basically, it works out to one drill for every month that school is in session.
0: Now, were you involved in, uh, I bet you were, involved in the Uh, creating healthier ventilation in the buildings during the COVID pandemic. Did you have involvement in that?
1: Certainly. Our facilities group headed by Luke Newman is primarily in charge of that, but that was a part of our COVID response. Uh, When we looked at uh, the entire COVID response in terms of how we provided educational services, but also how we provided clean air, um, that was a part of it. Um, COVID was a crisis that... Um, lasted now, you know, for two and a half years. We we're still dealing with it, not at the level that we were, but certainly, like any crisis, there's multiple prongs to how you attach it, attack it, and that was one of them.
0: Well, and you look at the, the school buildings now, and of course, many of them are. Well, we had the renovations and the upgrading that went on after the big bond issue, mm-hmm. but still the ventilation system needed some help, huh? Well, absolutely.
1: Uh, nothing, no HVA system is designed to last forever, uh, and we have ninety-four buildings of varying ages. Um, you know, some well over a hundred years old, or portions of those buildings are well over a hundred years old. And when you add new ventilation systems, it's a it's a fairly large strategic project to do that kind of thing.
0: Some of them are brand new, uh, or pretty close to brand new. (laughs) We had a story out the other day that uh, you're already overcrowded, supposedly, at Southeast High School. Yes,
1: and that's an example of uh, building a large school, Um, uh, you know, outside. I remember when um, we had school board meetings about, uh, uh, would anybody come? Uh, It's so far outside the city Nobody it will go. It seemed like it was way out in the yeah, country. Yeah, n- nobody will go to southeast, and the projections have been that it would uh, sustain a, a growth area, but I don't think any prog- anybody really um, had an idea about how quickly it would grow, and so uh, there is discussion now about some boundary changes in terms of changing the boundary guidelines. So that that overcrowding will be relieved
0: at Southeast. Well, what would it be the boundary closest to be for, for what East and Heights maybe?
1: Heights is the primary heights one. The uh, one. Uh, east uh, has always uh, been full capacity. Yeah, and uh, when I say always, as, as long as I can remember. Yeah. Uh, but because it is fairly landlocked, it's fairly stable in its capacity in terms of number of students that attend.
0: And is the number ninety four? I was my question here: How many structures? In USD two five nine, is it ninety four? There's
1: ninety four attendance centers, and then we have our administrative center. We have where I'm operated out of, which is our school service center. That's our facilities division. Our plumbers, our mowers, our where's that? It's out at thirty seventh and hydraulic. Okay,
0: is that where they do the prepare the lunches too? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. That'd be a good place to visit.
1: It is. Uh, it. Um, I, I've I've been in the school district for over nine years, and there are parts of that building I have yet to get to. It is <laughs> that large. <laughs> wow, it's a big building.
0: Um, now, so, how many people then actually patrol them? Do they patrol all of them, or a few of them, or?
1: Uh, during the day, we have officers that are assigned to all of our high schools and some of our middle schools. We would like to add them to all, but we haven't been able to fund that yet. And then we have a, a group of just six officers that respond to incidents. Maybe it'll be uh, an upset parent, uh, a suspicious character that is around a school that go to our elementary and middle schools. And of course, if the incident is to the point where it's severe enough, we always tell our staff and our principals to call 911. Again, a great partnership with the Wichita Police Department, and uh, we really rely on them for any incidents that's severe.
0: I'm going to mention something that's just frightening to everybody, fentanyl. Yes. This is a new drug that's just, it's incredibly dangerous. Yes. Uh, Have you seen anything, any problems cropping up yet in the schools? um,
1: We have a system where we monitor um, any uh, student activity online. And we have seen some discussions about fentanyl. The good news is that we put out a newsletter um, actually before the end of the school year last year, and we saw some discussions from kids that were, were talking in a positive manner. In other words, we've got to educate other folks. I just got an email from a student that was working on a class project. And she wanted to know what we were doing to educate people. So there are the positive sides that uh, students are getting the information, but we're also very concerned. Um, We are working with the Wichita Metro Crime Commission to put up One Pill Can Kill uh, posters uh, in our uh, middle and high schools. And then we're working with um, um, Sheriff Easter. Uh, Former Chief Moore was involved in the process to just do some education materials. Uh, they did a town hall meeting about fentanyl that we were a part of. So anything that we can do to get out information about the dangers of fentanyl, we're certainly going to take that opportunity.
0: Yeah. So many, a lot of kids, a lot of different social media, you've got to try to reach them all. Absolutely, down. absolutely. May 24th, uh, Salvador Ramos shot and killed 19 students and two teachers at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Yes. I'm sure you've studied the incident. Yes. Uh uh, and you're a you're a former police officer uh, uh, and what do you what do you come away from that what do you what do you think about that what are your reactions
1: well i think it's tragic but i also know that from being a former police officer we have to learn from tragedy um, you talked about the bond issue the bond issue came about because of the tornadoes in oklahoma and the loss of life that students had there and that allowed us to increase our storm shelters uh, in our schools um, with the Robb Elementary student shooting incident uh, right before um, school started this year, actually July 17th, the investigative report in regards to that incident was completed and made public. We've used that uh, report to train all of our administrators at the elementary level and at the secondary level uh, just to learn. Uh, they had a, a, a complacency issue in regards to doors that didn't lock, for example. And we've really, really told our principals and our staff that if you have a piece of a safety equipment that doesn't work, uh, not only report it, but then follow up and make sure that it's
0: fixed. Make a pest out of yourself. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Because we don't want a situation where, hey, everybody knows door number whatever doesn't close when the wind blows hard. Uh, And we want to make sure that that doesn't happen. We also talked about building relationships. A lot of people don't realize that that shooter was actually a Uvalde student Mm -hmm. who was withdrawn from school and how important it is um, to start at a very early age building relationships so that um, anything that we can do at an early age to make students successful so we don't end up in those situations.
0: You know, law enforcement agencies across the country have had some difficulty hiring officers recently. What's the situation in your division? you have any trouble finding folks to go to work?
1: Uh, we're fully staffed, uh, and we're very fortunate. Um,
0: I, it must be because you got a good boss.
1: <laughs> I would like to think so. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, I tell people I am blessed. Um, I, it is uh, truly wonderful to have a job where you have uh, the opportunity to affect our future. Uh, it's just like teaching. I think teaching is a wonderful career, and I think public safety is a wonderful career. And this kind of provide uh, combines both of them. So we have not had any difficulty finding staff. Um, we're actually adding a couple of new positions. Uh, and so anyone interested, uh, go to USD 259 and look at careers.
0: You <laughs> know, it's a former police officer, then do you recommend the profession to others? Obviously you do, I guess.
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I talk to a lot of our students, uh, and unfortunately when you talk to students, the first thing they say is that they're worried about money. And I always tell them, you know, think about reward and uh, accomplishment and uh, are you going to enjoy what you do? And I've uh, been very fortunate to uh, really enjoy what I do for the last 40 years. And when you have somebody that comes up to you 20 years later and say, hey, you don't remember me, but 20 years ago you came to my house because of a domestic disturbance and you took the time to talk to me. It's incredibly rewarding, and I see it now. We just had a student that um, wrote a report for a senior class, and she wrote about how um, the security officer at South High had made a difference in her life. And that's what we do this for.
0: Well, listen, thanks for being with me. Always have a good time. Our guest is Wichita Public Schools Safety and Environmental Services Director Terry Moses. That's all for this edition of Issues 2022. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.